With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time to take a ride on the Steelers afternoon drive with our co-hosts, Alan Saunders and Zachary Smith. Welcome into another episode of Steelers Afternoon Drive. I'm Zachary Smith. That's Alan Saunders. Special guest for us today. We got Sean Bajani joining us. Uh, One for one on saying his name, I found out right before we started recording. (laughs) Thanks for joining us, man. Really excited to have you. Appreciate you. And uh, like I said, I think you probably say it better than I do sometimes. Man, I I don't know about that. But uh, Sean, (laughs) maybe maybe give the people a little bit of a, a background as to your work and the reason that we're having you on this show. Uh, Well, I cover the Houston Texans for the flagship radio station uh, in Houston, Sports Radio 610 KILT. I've been doing it for uh, 17 years now. Uh, It was in August, so I haven't missed many training camps. Uh, It hadn't been my exclusive, uh, you know, full-time job uh, over that time. I was a football coach for uh, about a decade plus, but uh, I've covered pretty much every training camp, every single Texans game. Um, I know the team, the organization pretty well. And uh, really all of Houston's sports. And so I'm just glad to be able to, you know, drop a little knowledge maybe with you guys. I know there's a couple of uh, moves that uh, the two organizations have in common over the course of the last 48, 72 hours. So I'm looking forward to it. Sean, wait, before we get into anything else, we'll we'll talk about that. But but more important stuff here. How did you feel about that injury? That song is sick, right? The intro? The intro for the podcast. That song. What (laughs) do you think of the song? Oh, dude, I love the intro. 
Right. I'm digging it. Why? Is there a disparity between you no, guys? No, 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 no. We love it. We wanted a no, third we party. We mostly just talk know. about how much we like it. Actually. <laughs> no, uh, I think it jams, man. It's a good start. Uh, it, it, it creates a good vibe to the podcast. I'm all for it. It's a Steelers vibe. We feel like we're we're a rock and roll kind of town. I don't know. I've never been to Houston. I'm actually very excited about making the trip down there. It'll be my first time being in Houston. Uh, coming up here was that week four. Um, yeah, and uh, I'm I'm pretty stoked about that. Well, hey, so, hit me up. Hit me up in the press box, okay? Yeah, and then we'll maybe do. before you actually come into town, because a lot of people, of course, um, you know, think we're uh, just cow pastures and cowboy hats and the usual. It's highlighted in every movie that has anything to do with Texas. Um, but I think you'll find it a little bit different when you come in. Now, we do embrace that, uh, but it is definitely um, uh, much more appealing than what most would make it out to be. That's awesome. I think I actually have an extra day there, too, maybe. Maybe I'm flying home Monday. I don't remember. So, yeah, I'll be excited to check out some stuff. Maybe I'll hit you up. Uh, let's get into this. these two moves, though, involving kind of the Steelers and the Texans. Let's start with the trade. Kendrick Green going from Pittsburgh to Houston for a sixth-round pick. I think from this side of the table, the reaction was, they got that for that guy. Um, I think there's probably more to it from the Houston side of things based on what I've been reading about the state of the offensive line over there. And another K Green, who seems like he's going to be missing some time. What What do you feel like was the thing that stood out that they really wanted Kendrick Green for? Well, uh, we talked to uh, general manager Nick Casario this morning, and he was asked specifically about uh, what was so appealing about Kendrick Green. Um he was pretty, you know, he was, I'll say this, he was as forthright as he possibly could have been. Uh, I don't know. I haven't checked uh, anything official. I haven't gotten an email from the organization to this point, but at the time that he spoke with the media, uh, the trade was not yet official. There was still physicals and paperwork and stuff like that to be processed. So there was only so much that he was willing to say. I asked Amico Ryans about Kendrick Green specifically, uh, along with Josh Jones, whom the Texans traded for, a couple of days ago uh, from the Arizona Cardinals. He answered the part about Jones, but completely just gave me the cold shoulder on Kendrick Green, and I think probably for the same reason. But what Nick Casario did say um, is, you know, they went back and they looked at their evaluations of Green ahead of the 2021 draft. They did extensive work on him. They liked um, a lot of his traits. That was mentioned by Nick Casario. Uh, good playing style, good testing numbers at the time. Uh, noted that, you know, he did play a lot as a rookie. And I know Ben Roethlisberger on a recent podcast made note of this, which I took it a little bit differently than a lot of people did, you know, in mm -hmm. terms of how Ben broke Kendrick Green down. And maybe we can get to that here in just a little bit. But just noted that he played a lot as a rookie um, and thought that he played a lot more competitive than most people think. Um, and, you know, likes his inside flexibility. The Texans, it's interesting um, they went into training camp with Scott Questenberry running with the ones, then pivoted to Juice Scruggs when Questenberry went down with the season-ending injury. Scruggs goes down after the first series in the Saints game, and so they go Jarrett Patterson at center, whom they drafted in the sixth round. So this is just really the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the problems that have ensued with the Texans' offensive line. They had a lot of interior flexibility. The one thing that I felt like they needed to address was the tackle position, because if, God forbid, anything happens to Laramie Tunsil, there is nobody that could step in and provide even a serviceable uh, you know, rep at the left tackle position. At least nobody you'd feel comfortable with protecting your franchise quarterback. And everybody knows that Titus Howard is in danger of maybe missing the first week. So 
Uh, Kendrick Green was just a very curious um, move. You give up a sixth round pick, albeit a future one in 2025. It's It just felt like, and you guys could tell me better than most, it felt like the Pittsburgh Steelers, after doing him a solid last year and keeping him active and having not played a game, right? Um, hell, they even experiment with him at the fullback position in recent weeks in training camp. It just felt like this dude was going to be on the chopping block 24 hours ago. Why you felt the need to, you know, trade a sixth round pick when you're already number two on the wire to begin with was just really weird. Yeah, I didn't really understand the need to make like it's if it was like the trade, you know. Like, like, oh, you moved down 10 picks in the sixth round or, you know, tra- tra- trading sixth round picks. I, I could have seen that. I think it's probably a bit of an overpayment. I will say this about Kendrick Green, you know, and I think this is sort of what maybe Ben Roethlisberger was alluding to a little bit too. Like the Steelers, it, it was not necessarily like an indictment of Kendrick Green as much as it was an indictment of the Steelers that they drafted this guy in the third round who had played guard at college. And they were like, oh, we're going to take this slightly undersized athletic guard, move him to center, make him start as a rookie on what was supposed to be like Ben's last hurrah, last chance at a Super Bowl team. And like he just never took to playing center. He didn't. Re- he said he admitted last year that he didn't want to play center. He didn't want to do it. He wanted to be a guard. He felt like he was a guard. And so, you know, I really thought Ben was kind of taking a shot at the Steelers there more than he was dumping on Kendrick Green, where he was like, "This is the guy you stuck me with. Now he's a fullback. Like, come yeah. on, you know." M- more so than it was that Kendrick Green is no good. I really think, and you know, the Steelers. They did. They kept him around all last year. They moved him back to guard. And then this spring they went out and they still had Kevin Dotson and James Daniels, who were their starting guards last year. They went out and signed Isaac Samalu and Nate Herbig, who were both starting guards last year. So then he was like sixth on the depth chart of guards. They're like, oh, we'll try center again. It didn't work. I think he, there is a, like, I I don't think that he's a lost cause as an NFL player, uh, but that felt like a guy that probably, like you're saying, like would have been, I don't know because they really don't have a backup center. Maybe they wouldn't have put him on waivers if they, they didn't get anything for him, but I think probably they would have. You know, I haven't heard anything official from the team. D'Amico didn't really speak into any specifics about I mean, As I mentioned, he just gave me the cold shoulder when asked about him. But, uh, you know, Nick, the same way. I just basically hit all the bullet points that he'd said about that. But uh, Seth Payne, who hosts uh, the morning show for uh, Sports Radio 610 here in Houston, uh, former really good defensive tackle for the Texans Jaguars back in the day. He brought up an interesting point uh, yesterday, or maybe it was this morning. I had, I guess it had to be in regard to green, you know, maybe he's just not that smash, you know, that smash mouth type guard or just lineman in general that, that the Steelers really like, and maybe thought he could be, maybe he's a better fit in Houston, given the zone blocking scheme. But then that sounds good. Why would you even pivot to, you know, the last resort of giving this guy reps as a fullback? If you're not a smash mouth guy, fullback doesn't really seem like the obvious pivot there. So he's he's like a weird combination of like he's a really good athlete. And so mm -hmm. I think that's why the fullback stuff made sense, right? Because he is like super athletic for an offensive Mm -hmm. lineman. If you look at, and I think Casario mentioned, if you look at his combine testing numbers, like it's, it's impressive. Like you're like, oh, this is a big guy that can really move, and I think that's why they thought fullback 
would be a good thing. He actually looked great as a full. I got. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, the Steelers don't use a fullback that much, so like they weren't gonna keep him just for that job. He was gonna have to make the team as an offensive lineman, and that was gonna be like a plus. But he looked great as a. He looked better as a fullback than he ever had as an offensive lineman. He's a great big athlete um, who moves really well. I can remember, man, his his rookie year. They ran a screen, and he was the lead blocker on the screen. And he outran Najee Harris down the field because they're like they yeah. just completely fooled the defense. And he's running free, like there he goes, like he can run. So I think there's like that untapped athletic potential. At the same time, I just didn't think it, it was just to me about center and that getting the balls, like the consistency of getting the ball snapped was the big thing. Like it wasn't that he couldn't block. He played guard in the third preseason game. If you go back and look at some of that mm-hmm. tape, I didn't think it was that bad. I thought it looked fine in that game. Uh, it was mostly just the fact that they really needed him to be a center, and he just could never get consistent in that area of the game. You know what's interesting is offensive line evaluations because the guy that the Texans signed this offseason, Michael Dieter, who's proven to be a starting-level center, a starting-level level guard in this league for the Dolphins the last few years, um, that was – looked upon as like, you know what, this is a really solid depth move if they draft a center as they should, but he's not ready. Um, maybe this is a guy they look at to start the season with. Scott Questenberry, like I'd mentioned, if he doesn't go down, I don't know when Gru Scruggs, uh, if ever, takes first team reps. But he was forced into that role. Now he too is hurt, but has looked really good. But I mentioned the part about, you know, offensive line evaluations being a thing. It's Dieter stepped in and was pretty good. You know, there was nothing like where you'd said, I don't know if this guy can can do this job, especially with the franchise quarterback who you're going to start from day one and C.J. Stroud back there. You want to put your quarterback in the best possible situation uh, to, to be successful, which that that's that's really what has struck a chord with a lot of fans uh, around here, which is what has left a lot of media members scratching their heads. It, it, it clearly has not seemed the case. The translation from both D'Amico's and Nick Casario's, uh, you know, podiums today was make it work. Figure out, figure it out, and you just got to make it work. Out of all of the bodies they brought in, heck, they cut most of them over the course of the last 24 hours. And it does not appear that they had a plan even back in May when they today admitted. To me, this was the, the story of the day from Houston is Nick Casario said it was not a question of if but rather when this was going to happen with Kenyon Green with the shoulder. They knew he had a bad shoulder in May. They opted to let him work through it instead of surgery, and now he's slated to have surgery at some point in time this week, I believe, or over the course of the next two weeks. That, to me, is horrible planning to just not planning at all for a guy that you envisioned clearly from day one was going to be starting at quarterback for you in C.J. Stroud. You can't let that happen, especially when you spend $120 million guaranteed on three guys just within the last four or five months on that offensive line. And Titus Howard, who's maybe not going to start week one, Laramie Tunsil, who is, um, and then, of course, Shaq Mason, who's maybe the one of only two guys you feel really, really good about that are actually slated to start on week one against Baltimore. Yeah, the scheme stuff is interesting because I mentioned to Alan just yesterday when we were talking about this deal, like Bobby Slowich's offense, I feel like if there is one place where this is going to work for Kendrick Green, it is within that offensive scheme for them. So be interesting yeah. to see how that works out there. 
It's it's going to be a wait and see approach. You know, we haven't even seen. I don't even know if Josh Jones has a number to be honest with you down here yet. Um, I checked him on the. I saw a graphic just because of Kendrick's Instagram story, and it had Josh Jones is seventy two, but I don't know if that's accurate. There you go. Maybe maybe I need to check the Texans website once more. But I was looking at the uh, fifty three after all the cuts were made yesterday, and they just had a blank next to his name. But I say that because you know, look today they had their first practice uh, with the initial fifty three. Um, we saw a bunch of stretching. It's about all they show the media these days. I don't know if it's like that up there in Pittsburgh for you guys, but we get the whole practice, but then we're not allowed to talk about it. So oh, well, I remember those no, days. That's the both words. Well, I remember those days. I think we got a little bit of that uh, under Gary Kubiak, and that's been a little bit ago. But uh, ever since O'Brien came in, it's kind of like shut it down, shoot for twenty, and then yeah, even if whatever you see there, don't talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's move to Desmond King, who's a guy I think the Steelers uh, fans are very excited to have. And, yeah. you know, I kind of look at that Houston defense and I can't figure out why this guy doesn't have a spot, you know. So, fill me, I mean, it looks like he was fairly productive last year in two different roles. Seems like he has some versatility. Uh, what led to him, you know, not making this team and, and why? You hit it. Uh, I think that was the big head scratcher for everyone when Desmond King was uh, announced as one of the cuts. The guy had been one of the most consistent uh, members in the secondary. And mind you, when, when this team signed uh, Jimmy Ward in the offseason, uh, the news of Derek Stingley being used more, you know, to accentuate his skill set as a man cover guy, um, the season that Jalen Petrie had been coming off of, Steven Nelson, which was an odd situation this offseason, if you guys are familiar with his back and oh, forth. We're very familiar with Steven Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that was a, that's right. He got that fantastic contract years back from the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I really started to think like, man, you know what? This 30-year-old guy thinks he's going to get paid Steeler money again. Um, I didn't think it was going to be the case, and he certainly didn't. But he did get a little bump in salary after calling his own general manager a mofo and talking about how he couldn't be trusted on social, uh, which was really interesting. But I say all that because if there was one position group, guys, we felt like you could hang your hat on down here, it was the secondary. And I still think you, you know, for the most part should and can feel that way. But Desmond King was a big part of that. You know, you mentioned the versatility. He started the first nine weeks as the nickel corner primarily, but then once Derek Stingley went down with injury last year, he played a lot outside and was actually pretty good uh, in that role. I think his Pro football focus uh, grade ended up being around 70, 71, 72 at season's end. Pretty darn good uh, for certainly that defense and everything they asked him to do um, at various positions last year. But I I did hear, because I asked the question uh, yesterday and again this morning to two different uh, sources close to the situation, and they said that the reputation that preceded him just kind of lingered um, as maybe a, a guy that wasn't as responsible off of the football field, um, known more so as a partier, um, you know, didn't appreciate maybe uh, the way that they that he'd shown up to some practices, um, in, you know, last year. And I got to tell you, I was I was shocked. But to be honest with you, I figured it had to be something along those lines, to be quite honest with you, because from a football sense, the guy who he was in the locker room, extremely professional, very fr friendly with the media, um, 
carried himself in uh, an utmost professional way on the football field. And ultimately what it's all about is results. And the guy provided that and then some for you. So I'll just tell you this, Pittsburgh's getting a heck of a football player. You guys should be definitely happy with that. Um, I didn't check the depth chart or the quality of that position prior to the move. But if that guy's not on a football field, something's definitely wrong. I think they've got uh, former Vikes uh, and Packers slot guy, Shannon Sullivan, sort of in pencil in the slot right now. But I I think there's a very good chance that when the Steelers come to, to Houston, that Desmond King's going to be a starter for them. I, mean, I, I really do. I'm surprised. Think, I think – and they, you know, they have some – they really shook up their secondary. They have some plans where they brought in Patrick Peterson. They want to play him in the slot some, I think, in passing downs. And second round pick Joey Porter Jr. would they come and fill in on the outside? Uh, but I think the like rundown nickel, which is sort of like their base defense, right? Mm-hmm. Like what they play most of the time. I think King's probably going to be in that package as as part of the regular rotation. It's interesting you said it was like kind of off the field stuff. I always feel like those kind of things uh, often get revealed in surprising ways to people that are sort of outside looking in when a staff changes over, right? Where there'll be a guy who like was kind of tolerated maybe because there was, you know, got along with people in a different way. And then all of a sudden there's new people and like certain behaviors are like, Oh, well that was okay when you were buddies with the coach, but now you're not. And it's not anymore. And, and, and I think those things come out in that way all, all the time. Yeah, it is interesting um, when you put it that way. Uh, and I'm not going to say it's a complete parallel, but I think back to, you know, years ago when the Texans, uh, drafted Jadavian Clowney. Um, you know, when it came time to make that decision, you know, to re-up him, uh, to keep him, you know, we know how his career turned out. I mean, he's kind of bounced around all over the place, you know, on one and two-year deals. He never got that real big one. If he had the opportunity to do so, it was going to be in Houston or uh, maybe Seattle. But there was the concern, um, the rumblings, I'll say, of a concern that the influence that he'd had on some younger guys in that locker room wasn't exactly great in terms of what his lifestyle was like, um, maybe how loose he was off of the football field, uh, so to speak. And so, you know, that was a decision made then that kind of resonates with me now um, when you look at these sort of things. And it does make sense. I get it. Um, you know, I think back to uh, Brandon Cooks, you know, who was a Jack Easterby guy, uh, they were very tight. Obviously, you know the story. Jack Easterby was outed finally last year. Um, we did everything but, you know, throw a parade uh, after that move. But there are guys that, you know, maybe lingered. I don't know if he's one of them or not. Uh, I don't want to go that route, but Brandon Cooks was certainly one of them. And you mentioned the word tolerated. That's really kind of what the vibe was for me last year is that they tolerated that. They knew exactly what was going to be the result of last year? Maybe not exactly. Thanks, Lovey. They wanted the number one overall pick. They got <laughs> yeah. two. Yeah. Uh, but they, they knew they were tanking in each of the last couple of years, and they were they could tolerate some guys. And, you know, this year, look, they turned the page. They're for real, and that's what's got the city. Um, you know, the, the vibe has changed. It's maybe uh, as excited as we've ever been here in Houston. Uh, for a football team, at least since 2017, when a guy named Deshaun Watson strolled in and just looked like a magician at quarterback. And you don't feel so bad about that now either, but uh, yeah. that's where we are. <laughs> you anything else, where Zach? We are. 
No, I'm good. Sean, we took up a ton of your time and we can't thank you for the time that you gave us. So appreciate you joining us. You can tell the people where they can find your work and we'll get you out of here. Absolutely. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Sean Bajani. Same thing on Instagram. Um, I'm publishing uh, work every day on sportsradio610.com. Uh, so if you want to follow uh, anything and everything, football, Texans, Astros, uh, you can find me there. I really appreciate you guys having me on. Enjoyed it. And keep the intro song. <laughs> it's, it's here to stay. We're actually, <laughs> sure once we get to 10,000 subscribers, we're playing the full thing. So that's what the people are really waiting for. There you go. There you go. You're on your way. Thank you, guys. Yeah, absolutely, Sean. Thanks for joining us. All right. So that was Sean Bajani. Again, he told you where you could find his work. Go do that. Great conversation about Kendrick Green uh, and also Desmond King coming in. Interesting that we didn't really even, like, it didn't even cross my mind until you said about him coming on. You know, Kendrick Green going there, but Desmond King coming here, obviously not both trades, but a lot of activity with the Texans and Steelers. Yeah, I thought it just made sense, right? Like, mm -hmm. You know, talking about maybe two of the biggest stories of the last two days. Let's get somebody on. I thought Sean was great. Lots of good insight there. Um, curious that uh, you know, kind of bring up Steven Nelson, right? And oh, then yeah. he's talking mm -hmm. about Desmond King kind of being this guy that like maybe they were happy to be or okay to be rid of. Kind of get those vibes that, that that's kind of the way the Steelers were about Steven Nelson too uh, when he left. That it was like, yeah, all right, fine, go. You know, uh, <laughs> like that. That's uh, it's interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, it's interesting. You know, the, one of the things that I think uh, the Steelers have done a much better job of, and we've talked about this here, but I really do feel like they've nailed the culture of this team. It right, feels yeah. like nailed. And so um, that's an interesting perspective on that, and we'll see how that plays out. I don't know that I have a, a take to, to add to that or an opinion, but I have felt like this is a very tight team. And it's and it Mike Tomlin's done a very good job of sort of layering the personalities together in a very intentional way. So we'll see how Desmond King fits into that. I think from an X's and O's standpoint, he fits in extremely well on the football field. Yeah. yeah I was I was just curious looking into it. He is a Rosenhaus guy. I was curious who his agency was. So yeah. yeah. Uh, obviously, I mean everybody has connections to that agency. So um, yeah. All right, what else do we got to get into today? Braden Man, uh, we talked about potentially something there. It gets released today. Uh, do you think it was a case where they were like holding out for a trade? That's why they kept him on there, but maybe a team that they had something like wait and see ended up getting somebody from the waiver wire or they just went a different direction or what do you think was the reason there? Yeah, I mean, my guess is they were waiting for waivers to go through. They thought that, uh, you know, there was a chance that it seemed like Philly was interested. Uh, did they end up making a waiver claim? I, I didn't. Um, I didn't see anything regarding. No, I, I, mean, I didn't see one there, uh, but maybe they, you know, maybe Philly realized that there were no waiver claims. Right. And so then those punters that were on waivers, uh, you know, Drew Christman and Corliss Waitman that we talked about yesterday. I do think like the availability of those guys, you know, maybe in a different way that we talk about the Kendrick green trade, like, there you go look at the waivers like the centers okay two centers got claimed on waivers tristan cologne and keith ishmael and i don't know who either of those guys are <laughs> and so like if you're tristan cologne's from the jets right because i think yeah, nick might have brought him up he's from the jets yeah, yeah yeah okay but like if you're talking about guys that like i don't even really know getting claimed on mm -hmm. waivers that means like Okay, like none of those guys uh, were third round picks, right? 
and we can debate whether or not Kendrick Green was a good third round pick, but you know, he was one. Okay. You know, Tristan Cologne was an undrafted free agent. Right. So like th- there's a big, you, there, there's certainly something to be said about the scarcity of good offensive linemen compared to what is apparently a glut of decent punters, despite a bunch of teams not having one with guys like Chrisman and Waitman around. I think that's what killed any value the Steelers could have gotten out of Braden man. So instead of forcing him into limbo they just let him go and use i assume they're going to use that roster spot on king although i've not mm-hmm. s- still seen them announce that transaction no. they probably will do it during the show because that's just <laughs> you're a beat writer every time something happens that you're away from the keyboard for like more than 20 minutes at a time that's when something happens and so uh probably is happening as we speak right when you said about Kendrick Green, you don't know if he's a third, a good third round pick. It just it, like it popped in my head. When it comes to third round picks, he's definitely one of them. <laughs> um, Alan, we mentioned yesterday too that like a lot of the guys that we see cut could find their way back onto the practice squad within the next twenty four hours. Anyway, we did see the Steelers add some guys back to the practice squad: Luke Barku, Brayden Fajoko, Jonathan Marshall, David Perales, Greg Bell. Trenton Thompson, Rodney Williams, and Des Fitzpatrick. Also bringing in Anthony Brown, who spent a lot of time with the yeah, Cowboys, a veteran add to the group. Too. So Braden Fajoko, I thought to me, was the big, like, yep. oh, got to get him back guy. Um, and I think that's huge for, for them that, that he's back. In fact, like, he can play those two games as practice squad call-ups just just save them for the Browns and the Ravens, right? Like, like that's mm-hmm. like, yeah. kind of what it feels like. Um, I'll but make this prediction right now. Braden Fajoko plays at least one game for the Pittsburgh Steelers this season. Prediction. I will second that, yeah. Done. Um, so I, I thought he was the one guy that was, like, really in date. It looks like Zach Gentry is going to find another opportunity somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Haven't heard anything yeah. about Trey Norwood. Not quite sure what's going on there. Um, Tanner Muse got claimed on waivers by the Chargers. And I, I, I kind of thought as an experienced special team guy that there may be a team that would be interested in him. Um, and uh, they brought in a couple other guys. So a couple offensive linemen, Kellen Deesh, who was with the Bears, was an undrafted free agent out of Arizona State last year. Insane athlete, 6'7", 300, runs a 4840. Uh Not strong enough. Like he's needs built up. He's a project. We'll see. Um, and then, uh, Joey Fisher, who I think is probably a guard at the NFL level played tackle for division two Shepard. Shout out my PSAC guys. Uh, love Shepard. Uh, well, actually see, I can't say I love Shepard because Shepard beats IUP a lot and, um, I shouldn't like that, but I still got to root for their guys like to do well when they get to the NFL. And so yeah. when I was at the senior bowl, I sought out the shepherd head coach, talked to him for a little bit. Cause Tyson Bajan, who made the bears as yeah. their backup quarterback, really nice preseason uh, also yeah. uh, from shepherd. So they had two guys there at the senior bowl. That was really awesome. And uh, Joey Fisher actually broke his thumb or his knuckle or something like that. So he couldn't play. Um, but he, mm. he was around. And so it's very cool. Um, Total non sequitur. Tyson Baden's dad was like a world champion arm wrestler. Now you know. Now you know. Hmm. You didn't know. Now you know. I met him. I shook his hand. It was painful. That's what all am I going to do with that information? I have no idea. You but know. I know. Now, now, now yeah. you know, right? <laughs> well, we need a little NBC. Da, na, na, na. Yeah, there you yeah. Go. Maybe I, I'll add that graphic post, post show. Uh, but uh, Anthony Brown's the one that stands out to me. Anthony Brown here. to me is the news right here. Seven year vet was the Cowboys' starting cornerback for the last 
two seasons. In fact, in 2021, he played in the Dallas secondary alongside DeMonte KZ and Keanu Neal. Hmm, I think he can do that. And he was awesome that year. Let me read you his statistics from 2021 because it is um, quite good. It, it is, I mean, it, it's sort of tantalizing to think about what could be uh, because uh, okay, 2021, 16 starts in 16 games, three interceptions, 17 passes defended, and 59 tackles. That's pretty solid uh, mm-hmm. year of work for an outside corner. He did have an Achilles injury last year. He has not been with a team since. So, like, I think the Cowboys had uh, – they, like, cut him, you know, because he wasn't going to be healthy in time for OTAs and all that. And uh, he hasn't been with any other team. So kind of a shot in the dark about how healthy he is, how ready he is to play. Probably healthy because he had to clear, uh, you know, a physical to to get onto the practice squad. But in terms of readiness yeah. to play, seems like not maybe. But I mean, you had a guy who was a starting cornerback for the last six or five or six years in the NFL and a pretty good one for nothing for a practice squad spot. Uh, and so it looks like there's potential additions to depth at both cornerback spots when you add Desmond King to the slot and Anthony Brown to the outside. Man, Omar's having a good week, isn't he? Like, can we say that? Yeah. Like it's, it's a good week. It's funny. So somebody, like, literally must have jumped onto YouTube and just had the itch to comment about Anthony Brown because Berg Sports fan, I feel like I'm seeing this name a lot in the YouTube comments recently, commented on the video from yesterday because they asked something about James Pierre, and they said now with Anthony Brown on the practice squad, could he push to take over for James Pierre at some point? Yes, absolutely. I think that is very reasonable that this is this is better competition for James Pierre for that spot than we had in the preseason. I think I said when we talked about the cuts, like I didn't think James Pierre was very good, but I didn't think anybody else was better, right? This is somebody that has the ability to be better. And so if he can, you know, if he's healthy and he shows that ability to be better, then yeah, I could see this, you know, probably not week one, right? I mean, the guy hasn't been playing, so it's going to be a little bit. But this is a potential like midseason, like we could see them make that switch, I think, and bring him up to the active roster if they're still not getting what they want to get out of James Pierre. And then, of course, also if there's an injury, right? I mean, that's usually the way things go is that we have make all these plans for the season and then they're gone first half of the first week because something happens. Actually, yeah. about, there's a, there was in the third quarter last year or the first week that, that something happened. Let's not talk about that. Yeah. Um, also, Jamie back again, and this one is above my pay grade, Alan. So, and, and honestly, I might do a very poor job of asking this because <laughs> this question was kind of all over the place. Uh, so, first off, ex- excellent explanation of the 16 man practice squad situation in today's NFL, how much ramification they receive, and more. I have noticed some articles attempting to explain 55 men classified. Uh, verse 53 maybe y'all can help us out and explain this 55 i know there's more to that 16 as well they get split four allowed to be a certain amount of years experience yes so uh the 55 man roster was a COVID thing it's back to 53 okay so we can forget about 55 yeah uh, okay that yeah, that makes sense now because i was okay. like what is, i didn't know where that was coming from. um so we did have a couple of years of 55 man roster uh but that is gone now and then the veterans on the practice squad. And so you can have up to, I believe it's three, or is it four? <laughs> it's 16 players total yeah. for the practice squad. And I think you can have 
four players that are classified as veterans. So four years and beyond of NFL experience. Um, and so, uh, I'm sorry, it's six, six. Yeah. Years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was oh, saying, so, I just... so they changed it. So it's six, pl- it's six players with more than two accrued seasons. So players in there. So the NFL kind of goes back and forth about what really is a veteran. It depends on what you're talking about. Sometimes you're a veteran. If you're in your fourth year, sometimes you're, you're a veteran if you've completed four years. So now it's, um, if you have a, no more than two accrued seasons. So if you're in your third year, a third NFL season, then you count against the veteran maximum, but there's six. Um, so I believe uh, Brown would be the only Steelers player of that group that would count. So they've signed, mm-hmm. uh, they announced nine. They did not announce uh, Deesh. They did not announce Fisher. So that would be 11. So they've announced 11 of the 16. There's only one vet. So uh, they could bring in some more if they want them. Nick Kwiatkowski, I believe, is around. I would make that prediction if I were predicting who was making the practice squad but i'm not but i think <laughs> might. i guess i am if i'm saying it right here right now yeah uh, I think, yeah i think nick kwikowski will be on the practice squad tomorrow but we'll see uh last thing we'll leave with this somebody mentioned and you just mentioned that you think zach gentry ends up finding work elsewhere at this point they did bring ronnie williams back on the practice squad this person commented uh just letters is their name x a b g x i mean i'd love to give you a shout out but that's all i got here to work with um they think that gentry should definitely have stayed on the roster or at least be brought back on the practice squad with darnell washington's injury history and being the reason that he fell in the draft is that gentry would be nice insurance to have around darnell washington had injury history and that's why he fell in the draft pat farmuth has a very troubling concussion history and Mm -hmm. connor hayward is the wrong size to be an everyday tight end. I do think there is a legitimate concern, but I think Rodney Williams making it to the practice squad alleviates a lot of that concern because Rodney Williams is, a, if I'm being perfectly honest, a better one-to-one backup for Pat Fryermuth than Zach Gentry is. Now, Gentry would be a better replacement for Darnell Washington, but look, you can only have replacements for so many guys. You have 53 different players. You have 40 different body types. You can't have backups from all. Um, so I think prioritizing a guy that could be in every down tight end in Rodney, uh, in hot rod, I think makes sense, um, compared to Gentry. I think it's, I would have fit them all though. I, I, I think yeah. that Gentry's experience, his special teams play, his blocking would be useful. I would have tried to find a way to make it work. I understand why they didn't. I think I'd have kept him over miles Boykin or Gunnar Osheski. I think he's a better player than both of them. And I think he also plays special teams, but it didn't work out that way. I do think he will find an opportunity elsewhere. This is a guy who was the Steelers' number two tight end the last two years. Like he's going to get a job. Like there's no doubt in my mind. Absolutely. All right, Alan. uh, I think that about does it. Again, thanks to Sean Bajani for joining the show. Alan, tell people where they can find you. At A Saunders underscore PGH on Twitter. At PGH Steelers now is the site on Twitter and on YouTube, which is where this show lives. Leave a comment, like and subscribe steelersnow.com is where the words go go there read them i get paid and there's a lot of words Derek bell they're all there too and there's a lot of words there to be read we're filling the internet with words every day that is our goal i am zachary smith pgh i hear at some point in the future at carter critiques will be joining the show 
Uh, but that's not today. So sorry, Carter. We, we had, had a guest. guest on before. Not. Yeah, we had. We had a guest. Obviously, the two of us every single day. Nick's been on here a few times. Derek's been on here a couple times. Now Sean Bajani's been on here. Carter's probably getting impatient, but keep waiting, I, pal. We're, it's a good tease. We'll just keep teasing until it happens. <laughs> it's never actually going to happen. Everybody's just going to log on and be like, is today the day? No. Is today it? No. Maybe keep waiting. No. Yeah. All right. But uh, again, like Alan said, subscribe, leave us a like, hit that notification bell, comment down below, leave us a five-star review if you're listening somewhere else. For Alan, I'm Zach. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.